0: You know, I started the show with a
1: reference to the Bible, and here is another one. We are going to talk about a disease that is prominent in the Bible, leprosy. It's a disease that most of us, myself included, probably thought had been eradicated long ago, but that is not the case. As many as 1.7 billion people worldwide are affected by neglected tropical diseases like Leprosy. And uh, it's something to think about, especially as we head into the giving season. I'd like to hear from you. Is that a surprise to you? Are you aware of this? And what do you think? I mean, we're all preoccupied with. COVID, but this is something that has been with us basically since before the time of Jesus. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I'd like to welcome Kim Evans, CEO of Effect Hope, which is the leprosy mission of Canada. Hello, Kim. Hello, Libby. So, um, this is something that most people are completely unaware of. Well, and I I was too, uh, just like you,
2: um, until I connected with Effect Hope and learned that um, as many as 3,000 people a day are diagnosed with new cases of leprosy.
1: And uh, um, where is this happening? Uh, so the, the countries where
2: the most leprosy is, um, is India, Brazil, and Indonesia. But typically um, in the tropics um, and in um, what I would call poor countries where, where they don't have good health systems, they don't have good sanitation systems, those kinds of countries would be where, where it would be the most prevalent.
1: Mhm. And who are the people is it is it mostly people who are poor? I would
2: say uh, 99% of them are are really impoverished people and some of the world's most poor people to be honest.
1: Mhm. Um and how how do
2: you get leprosy? So leprosy a uh, a bit like covid is is uh passed by little droplets um uh, that that people um it, people sort of spew out when they talk or when they sneeze Um, but it's a very slow growing unlike COVID which is a 14-day incubation period leprosy could incubate for years um, and um, and then materialize.
1: And uh, what are the manifestations? It's manifestations on your skin it sort of almost can eat away at your face I think.
2: (laughs) Absolutely so so the manifestations can certainly be on the skin. It is a nerve disease, so it attacks the nerves. But what happens when it attacks the nerves is that the skin or the the touch, the touch, there's no sense of feeling. So often the manifestations in your face or in your hands or your feet, um, some of the injuries are just simply caused because you don't feel pain. Um, and so, you know, you and I, If we go to touch something that's hot, we we come right back from it, because we we know that and we sense pain. Uh, People who are suffering with leprosy often do not experience that kind of pain. And so um, they end up injuring themselves.
1: Now, I remember from studying the Bible as a little girl that what they did with people with leprosy in those times was they they sort of uh, put them outside the camp. Uh, So what happens to poor people who contract the disease now? Well, so if they are um, diagnosed, um, there is a cure. There
2: is a cure. It's um, basically an antibiotic that you take for uh, a year, up to a year, um, with a a complete cure. Um, But what happens for lots of folks um, still today is that there is a discrimination Um, by others who are afraid of leprosy. They've read the same stuff in the Bible that you read. And they're, um, they're concerned that the person perhaps is cursed. Uh, they're afraid of catching it, which is highly unlikely. Um, and so often these folks are discriminated against. Um, um, there, there's a, a lot of stigma
1: attached to this
2: disease.
1: Well, and it's um, there's, you know, the, the concept of being treated like a leper, right? It's that, in our language. That's exactly right. And in fact, we don't use that word because that, that,
2: that just equates the, the person with the disease, which is part of the issue so we we talk about people who are affected by leprosy because they're they're human beings they're uh, they're good people, they're hardworking people they're they're parents and children of of other people um, and so we try to steer away from that terminology, but it's still there, and uh, that's one of the things that we're fighting against.
1: So uh, you, you're talking about very poor people contracting this disease. Do they have access to the treatment? Absolutely. If, we, if they can be diagnosed. So one of the places that
2: Effect Hope works is in areas of early diagnosis. So um, one of the challenges for these folks who contract the disease is that even if they get to a doctor, their doctor might not recognize leprosy, even though it affects over 200,000 people a year. Not, it's not that prevalent. It's not like cancer, uh, or high blood pressure where, where it's kind of well known and well documented. Um, so if, th- but if they're lucky enough to be diagnosed, um, they're immediately referred to uh, basically the free medication that is available um, that will cure the, the bacteria.
1: And uh, is the damage that it's done to them? Is that reversed or not? No. The damage that's done cannot be reversed. So the key for us, you know
2: next to prevention, um, the next best thing is early detection and if we catch them early they'll have no symptoms and no lasting consequences but if if it's caught too uh too late they'll have uh devastating disabilities um and and that becomes one of the one of the places where the discrimination and the stigma becomes you know really um virulent and uh and really hard to combat for for them.
1: Okay, we've got to take a break. Let me give the numbers out before we go to break. We're talking about leprosy and the fact that it is not eradicated, that it is still with us, and it it affects many, many people around the world along with other uh, untreated and and little-recognized tropical diseases. Uh, So what do you think? Is this a surprise to you? And uh, what do you think about, uh, you know, should we Support those people. 416 360 0740. Toll free 1 866 740 And we will be back with more from Kim Evans after the break.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. I am talking to Kim Evans. We're talking about leprosy, which is a disease that is ancient, uh, was very prominent in the Bible, but is still with us and uh, affects up to 1.7 billion people around the world, mostly poor people who live in poor countries. And Kim Evans, what led you to embrace this cause? Well, I, um, I think
2: for me, uh, I come from a, a community of faith, so I was motivated uh, to, to make sure that others are treated fairly. And when I started to understand what was happening, that these diseases are preventable, that they're curable, um, and it's 2021. It's it's time for us to make a difference in the lives of these people, to see that they have access to health care. Um, for me, it's a justice issue, it's a compassion issue, um, and it's a humanitarian issue. Um, and so, you know, we, we at Effect Hope, we feel called to, to speak up and stand up for these folks. And one of the things that, that struck me that if, if not us, then who? who speaks up for these, these people who, who really are voiceless, uh, really are unknown. Not only is the, are these diseases unknown, but the people who are affected by them are unknown. And so it just seems like the right thing to do.
1: And how has COVID-19 impacted people who are affected by leprosy and other neglected diseases? Well, it's affected them in many ways. So, um, in some very basic ways, for example,
2: um, the, uh, food supply, um, uh, there has been huge problems with, uh, the security of the food supply, um, in some of the poor areas. But, but stepping back from, from that, COVID has affected them in many ways like us, but they don't have some of the, the creature comforts that, that we have. So they're isolated as well, but when they're isolated, they can't work. And when they can't work, they're mostly day laborers. So when they can't work, they can't look after themselves. They can't look after their families. And, of course, um, they're some of the world's most vulnerable people from a health point of view. So it's also affected them in, in that way. So... Covid has not been kind to people who are suffering with neglected tropical diseases. To be sure,
1: mm-hmm. I would assume uh, they're immunocompromised. They are, and and because of the stigma, we we have heard
2: stories of people getting kicked out of uh, lines to get vaccines because there were people afraid of being in the line with them. Um, and so, effect hope actually earlier in uh, in 2021. Um, with the help of some Canadian donors, actually went into leprosy colonies and was able to take uh, people that lived in these colonies. Over 15,000 of them um, were able to get doubly vaccinated with the help of Effect Hope, our our partners on the ground in India, and our um, Canadian financial partners.
1: Uh, So tell me about a a couple of uh, the projects that Affect Hope has run that you're particularly proud of. I'm assuming that's one of them.
2: Yeah, certainly that was a timely one, and it was one that that we kind of jumped on. I kind of wish we jumped on it a little sooner. We might have been able to help even more people, but, but, you know, real help to real people. Um, And I, I think another project that I really like is a project we run in northwest Bangladesh, where we um, we work with people who have uh, been cured of leprosy or lymphatic filariasis. Some some people know that as elephantitis. It's a more common name. Um, and so we work with some of these people, some of the poorest people in the world. They're they're considered ultra poor. So that means they have they live on less than two dollars a day. And these folks who um, because they've had disabilities. Um, that has come from either the leprosy or the lymphatic filariasis, they can't work. They can't go back to the day labor work that they used to do. And so we come alongside of them and um, we basically retrain them and coach them into another career. Um, uh, sometimes with some seed money, we've we've helped people set up a tiny little grocery store that don't think of a grocery store like uh, one you might see in Toronto. Think of a a small, small hut um, that sells maybe a few basic needs. Or uh, we've helped somebody um, um, peddle around and sell fish, dried fish to somebody, or to raise goats or things like that, so that they can raise um, raise um, themselves out of ultra poverty so they can provide for their families so they can send their kids to school. And I've met some of the people that are affected or that have been part of this program, and they're so grateful just to have another chance at just earning a meager living by the world standards. But to them, the fact that they can look after their family uh, is huge.
1: So what are uh, you planning for the upcoming year? Do you have anything specific that's, uh, you know, you're ready to execute?
2: We do. We have a number of things that we're working on. um, And um, some of them are to grow the programs that we already have um, or to transfer them. So this one I was talking about in uh, northwest Bangladesh, we're actually looking at planting uh, a version of that project in Cote d'Ivoire, in a place where, again, there are uh, uh, a huge impact of, uh, neglected tropical diseases. Um, we are looking at, um, expanding into a, a couple of additional countries. Um, uh, we haven't signed on the dotted line right now, but we're in di- active dialogue, uh, with some, um, with some organizations that we typically partner with, um. We're looking at establishing a physiotherapy uh, clinic in one of the schools or uh, sorry, one of the hospitals where we work um, and that we support so that we can graduate physiotherapists who are trained to deal with uh, leprosy. Um, whether they stay with us or whether they go somewhere else after graduation, we want more people with the in the professions to actually understand leprosy. So uh, that's a a project that will help the hospital that we currently support become more self-sufficient, but also get more um, physiotherapists uh, graduated where there's a shortage in India and when they're so critical to the rehabilitation of people with leprosy. So there's like a win-win-win, maybe another win on that project. So lots of different things where we're working to see uh, more and more people lifted out of out of the the cycle of poverty that these diseases like leprosy trap them in.
1: Now uh, I have to congratulate you because uh, Charity Intelligence, which is a group we always pay a lot of attention to, they rank charities uh, by various metrics. So they they recognized your charity as a top ten impact charity and a top ten international impact charity. So uh, kudos for that.
2: Well, thank you, thank you. And that was the second year in a row that we
1: were honored with that designation So do you have a fundraising target for uh this holiday season, or you know do you have you know what is the average donation that kind of thing? Can you tell well, us th- We have donations that range
2: from you know five to ten dollars all the way up to you know two or three hundred thousand dollars. We have donors that are incredibly. Uh, gifted financially, and then those who who just want to be part of it. And you know, the, the fascinating thing about fundraising is that all those dollars go in the same pot to help to help people. Um, so we have we have um, I, I would say we have targets for individual projects, but we're hoping that um, Canadians are as generous as they have been in the last number of years as we move into this. Um, this sort of final stretch of 2021 we're ready to go with our projects in 2022 we're we're ready most of them have already been signed like the the agreements all everything is in place Um, and we simply need to know that Canadians are standing with us um, both with their uh, prayers and their and their encouragement but also with their financial resources
1: Mm-hmm. And it, just in terms of uh, awareness, uh, what are your goals there? Well, uh, so there's a number of, of goals. Um, as we look at 2022,
2: one of the things that we hope to accomplish is we would like to convince the Canadian government to sign a Kigali Declaration that espouses the the, the worst of all human beings and the right to... Uh, uh, good and uh, appropriate health care, which simply is not the case. So that's a, a big um, awareness piece at the government level. Um, in terms of Canadians, we would hope that more and more Canadians would understand what is a neglected tropical disease, that they would recognize that one in five people in the world suffer from at least one of the neglected tropical diseases. So just because we live in Canada where we have... Um, I, an excellent healthcare system, not perfect. We we all have our co- little complaints, but when you travel over to where I've been in Bangladesh and in India, you come back and you're only grateful for the Canadian system that we have.
1: Uh, yes, uh, I think that's that's also something that we should keep in mind. Um, and before we start to wrap things up, you have a gift of hope catalog. Uh, so what is that, and where can people find it?
2: Okay, so the Gift of Hope catalog is um, just a, a lot of um, um, different gifts, that, like bandages and things like that, that you can, you can give that will support the work of Effect Hope um, around, the, around the world. Um, and you can go on our website, effecthope.org slash zoomer. And um, you'll be able to uh, see it there. And um, you can make a gift through the catalog. You can make a gift directly. You can sign up to become a monthly supporter um, or just be more informed about what are neglected tropical
1: diseases. Uh, do you want to list some of those diseases in addition to the two that we've been talking about? Yeah. Um, so the ones that we spend the most time um,
2: working with would be Borelli ulcer, um, YAZ, um, and soil-transmitted helmets, so they affect often children. We have a big project in, uh, in Kenya right now in partnership with the government of Canada, uh, and these are worms that get into intestinal worms in children. Um, and so we're working um, in partnership with the government of Canada to deworm these children and provide vitamin A supplementation so that they can go to uh, school and not be negatively impacted by um, by these uh this disease
1: and and is is that also something that can be uh, that we have the drugs to cure uh yeah it totally is so so kids in
2: Canada get worms, but they they phone their doctor and they get an antibiotic and they move on um, and uh, you know in, in in these countries often there's not a habit of wearing shoes um, and we're dealing, in, in Kenya, we're dealing with preschoolers, so children from 18 months to five years old. Um, and if we don't reach them, they, they show up in school already cognitively delayed.
1: Um, and that's just not right. That's just not right. And twenty twenty one. do you know how many children approximately are affected by this? Oh, it's uh, It's millions. It's millions.
2: Um, and we, our project, I can't remember how many, um, I believe it's somewhere around 7 million that we treated over the last five years.
1: Wow, that's, uh, that, that does sound like you're getting a, a, a very good bang for your buck. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you partner with local organizations. That's probably also a, a very uh, worthwhile and cost-effective way to run. It's an incredibly cost-effective
2: way, and particularly with the pandemic, um, we already had people on the ground. So in many ways, the work was able to continue on. I mean, there still were lockdowns, there were things that they couldn't do, but it would have been much harder if we'd have been sending people from here over there. Um, so it's cost-effective. It also provides a leg up for people, it provides jobs in places where where good jobs are scarce um, and um, and it also gives us an ear on the ground of what's really going on in the lives of the people that we're serving.
1: Hmm. Uh, so we are beginning to run out of time. As you said, uh, if people want to help, they go to your website, which is effecthope.org slash Zoomer. Uh, what else would you like to leave us with? Well, I, I just would encourage people to consider...
2: Um, um, and be grateful for what they have in terms of health care here in Canada, and to consider how they might help someone else who isn't that fortunate um, gain the health care that they need um, this Christmas season. Hmm.
1: Okay. Something really to think about. Thank you so much, Kim Evans of Effect Hope.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.